Welcome to the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. Show notes, links and contact details can be found at robnunphoto.com. That's www.robnunphoto.com. SCL is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network and loads of other great tech podcasts can be found over at www.techpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome to SCL, the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. My name's Rob from RobNoFoto.com and this is my little audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. Well, it's the 4th of November 2012. Um, this is episode 208, recorded on a Sunday evening in Gosport on the south coast of the UK. Apologies for not recording a podcast for a while. I've been very busy at work. We have um, we have these events called VAT Free Events where we send out loads of um, invites to people and they come in and they spend lots of money because they get the equivalent of the VAT knocked off um, our, our stock. Uh, and as you can imagine, that's very, very popular indeed and we do some late nights to, for that. But there's also all the increased things like lots more stock comes in with the lots of orders, all that sort of stuff. We've also had a stock take and I've been working at a couple of stock takes at other stores as well helping them out so though I haven't been recording podcasts I've been um, using my camera phone and I've been out I've been looking at loads of images as well um, library books magazines ebooks etc <laughs> I've been trawling through anything I can get my hands on just to just have a look and get some inspiration and kind of it's all about that thing of looking at 10,000 photographs and trying to absorb them into my psyche so they can influence and help inspire my particular vision um, which uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure what that actually is yet <laughs> what I do know is that I don't have that much imagination when it comes to, to photography and thinking about different things to do so maybe looking at lots of other images will, will help me be inspired to do that um, but I'm just about to start watching a DVD by a guy called Peter Hurley, you may have may have heard of the name already. Um, it's a, he's a one of the world's top headshot photographers. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes over at robnumphoto.com. If you do a quick Google search though, just for Peter Hurley, that's H-U-R-L-E-Y. You can go to his website and look at his work. And yeah, I mean he is the the headshot king. Um, and when we think think of headshots for like actors or models, they tend to be think we don't think they're very dynamic, do we? Um, not without much personality, but you look at his headshots and they really are something special indeed. Everyone seems to tell some sort of story about the person he's uh, taking a photograph of, um, and it kind of looking at his work. Um, and the reason why I've, I've discovered him is because uh, there's a great podcast out there. If you don't listen to it already, you should do. It's called Frono's Photo. <laughs> by, it's, well, it's Raw Talk by um, 
Jared Poland from Frozenosephoto.com. It is a really brilliant podcast. Um, it can, can get a little bit of getting used to Jared's uh, style because he's very forthright, really passionate about what he does. Um, but he does some great interviews. And he did one with Peter Hurley, and they're talking about lots of other things. So I went on and, and had a look at his website. But um, one of the things I really like as well is comparing kind of his type of headshots with, say, the work of someone like Henri Cartier-Bresson and his book um, Tête-à-Tête with his portraits in there. And the, obviously Peter's portraits, his headshots, are where people are coming to him and paying him money to produce you know, a, a headshot for, I don't know, on the web or as a card to hand out if they're actors or actresses um, where Cartier-Bresson's uh, portraits in tete tete are more kind of go around and visiting famous people and taking pictures maybe I don't know if he was actually commissioned to do them or not but you know the difference but the, the similarity between the two is the way that uh, they all hold some part or apparently hold and offer some part of the subjects uh, personality anyway check out his website for some amazing shots so what I'm going to be talking about today is uh, a quick review of our last assignment from September October and some words on a new assignment for November and December um, one thing though before I get started on that was um, one of the guys who I know at work has just got uh, Dave actually just got a Samsung Galaxy Note 2 and uh, he brought it in and we were looking at it today and I tell you what if you're in the market for a new phone check out the Samsung Galaxy Note because it's it's this great huge phone brilliant size I mean I love big phones you know I've got the uh, Galaxy Nexus which is a big phone the Galaxy Note is even bigger and but it has this amazingly beautifully crisp screen and takes some amazing photographs he was taking some pictures inside the store so it's in artificial light dim artificial light and I was blown away I mean the clarity in these pictures was just amazing really I don't know if it was the camera or the screen or a combination of the two but they looked really beautiful so if you're in the market for a new phone you know even if you're a, a, an Apple fan person um, I'd say you know, go and check out the, the cameras on, on like the Galaxy Note and I guess probably Galaxy Note 2 and I guess probably on the, the S3 as well because it's definitely better than one of my um, Galaxy Nexus and I was very impressed indeed and talk about being impressed I've got to say I've been really impressed and inspired by the entries in uh, the last assignment we had the quality and the ideas have been great and there's been this great fascinating mix of film and digital and a, a dizzy, dizzying array of subjects too and I think I'm a lot more apt to put my camera in manual mode to try and fully control the exposure um, and also I've been inspired to really think harder about the message I want to get across in some of my images so you know without further ado let's have a look at um, the uh, photo assignment for uh, September and October which was sell me something and manual mode. So if you haven't, if you're new to the podcast, basically what we do is every uh, two months we'll have an assignment, um, and I try and include it covers two months because I know we're all busy and it gives us opportunity to have a go. And I try to include two kind of ideas as well. So that so the ideas for September and October were you know sell me something. So take me take a picture or create some sort of image that's like an advert and manual mode. So just go just use your camera in manual mode. Just go out there 
and have a go, get it off aperture priority, get it off shutter priority, get out of automatic, get out of program mode and um, see what you can learn by shooting it manually. So let's have a look. Well, Joe got the first picture in. He slipped in there. Um, and uh, he started off with a photo of a sunset. Um, and uh, yeah, manual mode is ex especially useful and powerful in situations where the exposure, so how light or dark the photograph, is quite different to what you uh, your camera might expect. Um, your, your camera set up in its basic metering mode to, to, to make your picture have an average of 18% grey in it. I mean, it's quite simplified. Modern cameras do have all these. They do things a, a little bit more advanced, but that's basically it. So if you take a picture of a white piece of paper, it'll look grey. If you take a picture of a black piece of paper, you know, where the paper fills the frame, it'll look grey. So what you have to do is if you're taking a photo of an image or a scene that is predominantly very, very bright or very, very dark, you have to use exposure compensation to darken it or lighten it. Or if you're in manual mode, you can just set it to what you want. And sunsets are a great example where the overall scene is darker than the camera is expecting. So if you take a picture with it in one of the automatic modes, like aperture priority, without using exposure compensation the camera will then uh, will overexpose the image and brighten it up and when you get it home and look at it on your computer you'll think well where's all those rich dark saturated colors that I saw so a great example um, and then Joe goes on and he's taken this great photo of um, a shot of uh, some of his birthday dinner happy birthday Joe a bit belated um, and it's it's a great example of how there are things all around us that we can take pictures of and learn from. And Joe's picture looks very nice. Um, it wouldn't look out of place in a magazine. Um, it looks like what have we got? Have we got some prawns there and some noodles of some sort. Looks very appetising. And food photography is a whole subgenre, you know, that we can get into. Um, and there's all sorts of things go on. Um, big big business because. If you want to become, you know, a paid photographer, you've got to think, well, what sort of what sort of gigs can you get where you actually get paid to do stuff? So being like a wedding photographer, if you're shooting for for magazines and things, and you know, there's if you go into your average magazine, your, your news agents or whatever, look at all the like the slimming magazines and food magazines. There's loads of them, isn't there? And they all have these beautifully presented dishes. Um, so that's something to uh, get on. Oh, here we go. Actually, underneath he's put it underneath what it is. It's Gamberoni a limon e caprari. Um, sauteed shrimp with garlic, lemon juice, capers, and diced. Oh god, I'm feeling really hungry. We had rather nice roast beef for tea, um, and I've got some leftovers. So I'm gonna be, I think I'm going to be having some roast beef sandwiches in a bit. Joe's put another photo in, which is um, one of the last pics he took, which is of a nice little cupcake with a hand candle on, and he's turned it into a. Um, almost at the front of a uh, greeting card, a birthday card and he's added writing happy birthday in Photoshop um, and you know it's maybe it's something as photographers we, we, you know we don't get into enough doing stuff like this do we actually doing a little bit of graphic design perchance 
um, and using our photographs because things like that you know you give it to to, to your non-photographic friends you know your members of your family stuff and they love things like this because you can personalize them can't you and instead of an, instead of having to go to something like funkypigeon.com in the uk um, you can actually do it for them and they can print it out and turn them into beautiful cakes i mean this is a great example because it's actually quite difficult to expose candles and candlelight because our cameras are very good at, well are not so good at showing a vast range of light but I like the way work that um, Joe's done in there getting the camera the getting the candle and the, and the cake nicely exposed looks very inviting indeed Danny um, this is a shot what does he say here is a shot actually used for advertising quite a while ago I took a bunch of shots of different people to be used specifically for this project so I thought I would just use one of them instead of creating a new one because I'm lazy fair enough I'm known as uh, one of the laziest persons in our house and in fact on morning television um, today they were talking about the oldest man in England and he's 110 and when asked what his secret was he said he thought it was the secret to a long life as a man anyway was being incredibly lazy so I'm with him and this is a shot advertising um, Danny's local church um, I think um, and it's a great use of selective colour so we've got a black and white image of some people in the woods with a pile of rocks with some sticks and a pair of sunglasses on not quite sure what they're doing but it looks like they're having fun and what Danny's done is he's highlighted all the reds um, so it brings out that sort of colour in the image nicely done, nice and sharp um, yeah, it brings a three-dimensionality a th a three to the photo if we move on, here we go to um, Janiel 45 who in fact is uh, I'm trying to think, what's, what's, his, what's Janiel's um, Christian name let me have a look I've got it written down here somewhere here we go because I, I do I'd like calling people by their real names and Janiel is Neil sorry Neil my apologies apologies everybody for slowing down the podcast there um, and uh, he's got this great photo that um, he's taken in manual mode of this chap on what looks like a old World War Two um, motorbike, I guess it's at some sort of rally reenactment, or um, and uh, it looks like a very nice, maybe a hint of HDR about it. There's lots of detail, lots of texture. Um, it's almost got a sepia look, monotone, um, lots of browns and darker shades in it um, and yeah I really like the look of the guy's face he's really concentrating as he's riding the, the motorbike across the grass fantastic image and I'm sure if um, you know you could find that guy Neil he would love to have a copy of that photograph um, and um, yeah uh, it, it would look great on his mantelpiece because it's a real good portrait of the chap on his beast very nice photograph I like the light the highlights down the guy's leather jacket is very nice the detail in the clouds and in the foreground on the bike as well now Joe's been really busy if you keep you know, um, keep up with Joe on Facebook or on Flickr and he's been doing some lighting workshops and he's done some gallery work as well which is fabulous um, and this photo he's got a photo of a young lady 
pointing a camera at him and taking a picture. And he says, complete manual mode with multi-strobe at lighting workshop from last night with my local meet-up. Because that's quite interesting, really, because when you are shooting with flash, off-camera flash especially, you do tend to shoot in manual mode all the time. And you tend to think, oh, isn't that tricky? But manual mode isn't, really, because we have the big advantage of the, the view screen on the back of our cameras and the histograms. And I've been using quite a lot of um, off-camera flashes. Uh, well, they're on camera as well, but they're manual flashes. So you kind of stick your camera into manual mode, set the shutter speed to a 200th of a second to get the sort of uh, high sync speed. Um, and then you just go, okay, well, I reckon, how about F8? Um, uh, with the flash at half power and let's see what that looks like and you take a picture you look at the back of the screen think looks a bit dark so what am I going to do I don't know let's go down to f5.6 or let's put a bit more power in the flash take the picture look at it again and find out what works best um, what I like especially though about Joe's picture here is the white balance and the exposure is very good indeed the skin tones on this uh, young lady are very good and on her vest so superb shot there down to Danny B and he says I always shoot in manual so this assignment was a bit like cheating but here are a few shots of my favourite people in the world they are my favourite people although they are difficult models hallelujah Danny yeah I agree with that trying to take photos of your family can be a bit tricky they do tend to um, become bored <laughs> to put it politely and when you're always getting your camera out and taking shots in fact with Oliver I've now started paying him <laughs> to be my model so um, so that's good but we've got some very intimate uh, photos some great photos of the uh, I guess it's Danny's son playing with uh, his wife's or his partner's um, baby bump very very uh, good very good indeed um, nice emotional pictures pictures to savour and keep um, forever and a great example of how manual mode can help in a uh, backlit situation because we've got our subjects against a bright window and so with manual mode you can kind of ignore that because normally what would happen is if you if something's backlit so you've got a strong light behind it like someone standing in front of the sun or, or standing in front of a window you just end up with silhouettes because the camera sees all this light and goes oh I need to darken it all down which means that your subjects suddenly become too dark but manual mode, no problemo, exposed for the subjects, and it's very, very simple. Candice uh, Morgan Photography, or Candice, um, she's done a great shot, uh, uh, an advert of um, an Acurus watch. And what she's done is she's taken a picture of the watch and taken the picture of, looks like a, a wood bark, and combined them in Photoshop, added a uh, title down the bottom, and produced something that wouldn't, seem out of place in a you know like something like FHM or GQ as a as a as a magazine advert for for those watches great work really good photoshop work yeah i mean looks very professional candy superb well done well done indeed and the lighting on the watch i particularly like as well um metallic objects can be very difficult to light because you end up with all these spec specular highlights so bits of it that are incredibly bright that blow out and the only real way to get round it is to try and really diffuse the light that's shining on them. Maybe use natural light by a window, or use some sort of scrim or material over uh, over your flash, um, or diffuse it through something like an umbrella, or use one of those a soft box, or you know, like one of those eBay boxes that you can make yourself. So good work indeed. And then she's done a um, 
manual photo using her old Ashashi Pentax Spotmatic, a nice portrait. Um, and yeah, good stuff. The sitter was lighted by a softbox reflector and a light meter reading was taken from the subject. Shadow area below the chin. Very brave. Um, I haven't actually done much... Um, excuse me. Portrait work with my film cameras. Um, mainly because it is difficult, you know, if you're in a difficult lighting situation. But she's, uh, Candice has dived in there and produced a very evocative and nice portrait. So good work. Um, PC Hugs, or Peter, um, has got this great photo, it says here, of a, of a young baby in a Moses basket. My three-day-old granddaughter, shot in manual. <laughs> you have to excuse me, I've got a bit of a cold, I keep sniffling. I'm trying to learn multi-flash, and I use two flashes. A Canon 430 and a 580. The 580 was the key light, which means it was the main light, in a Westcott Orb softbox. And the 430 was bounced off an umbrella. The flashes were both set to manual. The fill was set to a quarter of the key. So the. Yeah. Um, both flashes were off camera. The 530 had a sync cord and the 430 did its thing wirelessly. I'm pretty pleased that after setting all that gear and enduring the condescending smiles, the pictures came out okay. The exposure was set manually too. I think it came out more than okay. It looks brilliant. Very, very good indeed. Um, babies always difficult. They're either crying or asleep or in the wrong position. But what I particularly like about this photo is, although Peter's used flash, it looks very natural. So he's hit that white balance very, very well indeed. You wouldn't guess it was flash because, again, he's diffused the light with a big softbox and um, his, his fill light is coming off an umbrella so it's spread out so it doesn't look like harsh um, harsh flash so very 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 nice I like the composition I like the baby in the round basket with the pillow <laughs> I like the way the baby's hands are put together so keep it up Pete you've got some great work there you know and with a new granddaughter a fantastic subject and you know that mum and dad you give them a few photos and they're gonna want more good 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 stuff Danny um, a wildlife shot in manual. We've got a little squirrel sprinting across some, maybe a telephone cable or something with a nut in his mouth. <laughs> and just a real great action shot. Um, and action shots in manual, something I haven't had a go at yet, but very brave and well done because you know you can't change stuff. But it does, this picture does highlight something where manual mode for things like wildlife photography can be very useful because. <laughs> You would think, oh, manual mode slow, no good. But where manual mode is very, very good is the fact that if you're out, say, in, in this case, say, taking a picture of a squirrel as it's running along a cable, that squirrel, okay, if it's always in the same light, is always going to have the same exposure to expose him, isn't he, to, to, to get the right sort of colours on him and the right um, balance of light and dark. So imagine he's running along this cable and then behind the cable you've got the sky. So you've got like a, a blue sky. But then as he's running along there's some trees behind it. So it then gets darker. Now if your camera is in one of the automatic modes like aperture priority, shutter priority, uh, program mode or auto. When the squirrel was in front of the sky the camera would go, oh that's too bright and turn the squirrel into a silhouette. No good. Squirrel carries on running, runs in front of the tree. 
the camera now sees it's almost too, it's too dark and overexposes the squirrel. So if you're actually in manual mode and you set your exposure for the squirrel, say the squirrel's in sunlight, so you can just hold your hand up, take a reading off your hand, and set your camera to that. As the squirrel's running along from um, a background that is very, very bright, the sky, to a background that is very, very dark, say the trees, the squirrel will still say perfectly exposed. And this is something I picked up from um, Martin Bailey's podcast when he was talking about taking photographs of... Um, uh, uh, snow cranes in Japan because they have the problem that these snow cranes are white but they might be flying against the sky then the sea might be the background then the trees and if you again if your camera is in automatic mode the, the exposure of the cranes will keep changing they'll keep getting darker and lighter and you'll never get the right picture but the light's not changing in the situation so you should be in manual mode exposing from the for the subject i.e. the cranes or in this case a squirrel and then you can always make sure you get consistent exposures worth thinking about that isn't it especially if, I would say you're doing sports say um, inside a stadium or somewhere where there's different coloured backgrounds in the background and different levels of brightness but the sun or or it's an overcast day that the, the not sun is consistent well the players are always going to be the same exposure aren't they because they're running around and all that's changing is the background so as they go in front of a dark background the players are going to go too bright when they go in front of a bright background bright background the players are going to become too dark so if you set your exposure manually and only adjust it as the overall lighting conditions change you're going to have better exposures oh <laughs> my ones are next come and buy a toy helicopter every now and again i get sent um, things to review on the website and i saw this as an opportunity to um have a go at taking some product shots of uh, this little mini remote control helicopter which was good fun actually um, but really difficult to do inside because this you can only use this little helicopter inside because there's an infrared remote control outside it doesn't particularly like it plus it, the wind affects it incredibly um, but what I wanted to do was capture some idea of movement of the helicopter because uh, I looked at a few shots on Flickr and on the web and in lots of the pictures people had probably used flash or used a shutter speed that was quite high and so the rotor blades were frozen where I wanted the rotor blades to be spinning to be blurred um, so I played around with it and um, settled on about a 60th of a second I think and that seemed to work okay back to Candice um, and here we have some more manual work of a again film um, of a um, tombstone by the look of it um, 1846 nice a great photo very emotive we've got this this lovely light and shadow falling across the gravestone so we've got all the texture coming out of the uh, engraving and the way the the front is starting to fall off and then we have what's in the background too very nice indeed um, Danny has done another one for manual mode here we have a bat bit Terry Richard Terry Richardson esque with the sun in the background poking between the two lovers having a kiss. Very nice indeed. Nice silhouette and I love the way that, that sun's popping through just where their lips are meeting. Very good. Again, very nice Danny, well done. And then we have um Pete, oh, also known as Analogical. And it, I, I tell you what, this is a great this is a really nice photo. Um and he says, what what it's an image of is it looks like a cattle grid. So we're looking across the cattle, cattle grid. So the lines of the cattle grid are moving away from us. There's an old rickety fence and a tree. And it's black and white. 
and he says it was taken in almost complete darkness in manual mode with the Ilford film and an uh, Olympus OM2N I got one of them I can't remember the exposure time but it was long really long and it kind of brings together in the composition I think uh, some elements that are very very strong um, and it's something we can all kind of or try to include in some of our photographs in the fact that we've got leading lines coming zooming away from the from the viewer um, and then we kind of hit this fence but because the fence is kind of start straight and diagonal it leads our eye towards the tree and the tree the base of the tree is looks like it's slap bang on one of the um, power points of the rule of thirds um, and it's a really nicely balanced image really good and the fact that again done in manual mode long exposure I mean long exposure in digitals fair enough long exposure with film what gets very difficult is you have something called uh, reciprocity reciprocity failure which is where um, the film the longer you expose it becomes less and less sensitive to light so with a digital camera when you do uh, say, a, say a 15 second exposure if you want it to be twice as bright you do a 30 second exposure yeah it doesn't work like that with film if you take a 15 second, 15 second exposure and then want another one to be twice as bright you probably have to do it for like uh, a minute um, because it's like this curve and it changes for every single film to, to get an image like that which is very nicely exposed indeed on low exposure is, is well done indeed um, and then we've got another film on this is a nice uh, shot again manual uh, Fuji Velvia and he says I suppose I'm selling the virtues of film be it black and white excuse me or in this case colour positive in the form of Fuji Velvia this just blows me away in sharpness and colour and it does I mean it has a look film you all know that I shoot film quite a lot um, if I had more cash I would shoot film a lot more often um, and you know it just has it has that certain unique look about it that is I mean I'll tell you what I was watching yesterday I got in from work and they were showing The Empire Strikes Back on TV and the look of that film which obviously was shot on film is amazing the, the, when they're like in the cockpit Han Solo and uh, Leia and Chewbacca C-3PO of the, of the Millennium Falcon you know you look at that film the the, the the lighting but the, just the just the look of it and then you compare that with a look of like I don't know the Phantom Menace or something like that and it's different you know uh, film definitely has uh, it's, its definite look next up we've got Rod and he said uh, we, vis we visited Atlanta recently the Coca-Cola Museum was on our agenda and they provided some nice product displays so we've got some images of, of ha you know selling stuff and what I like with these two images Rod's worked hard to almost create abstract images of, especially the first one of the green coca-cola glasses where you know we make the subject fill the frame um, and we've got repetition we've got balance we've got symmetry um, which is always very nice and with these particular ones as well is we've because they're, they're glasses we can see through the glasses and we've got the repetition of those images going back and the dominance of one particular color in this case um, green very nice indeed and then we've got um, a nice picture of some um, coca-cola bottles on a shelf again we've got repetition we've got uh, symmetry we've got leading lines um, receding away from us very nice good work there um, Rod 
and then we've got some more shots from Joe from his from working in the studio with strobes and he puts uh, working in the studio with strobes requires manual mode and proper metering to get the effect looking for here are some images of the beauty, beautiful Shelby I shot this last Saturday yeah and what can I say Joe bang on um, great focus great sharpness great exposure um, the uh, yeah I mean lovely lights you wouldn't completely guess it was flash um, it's nice and diffused um, and some great poses and yeah but it was great fun and you learnt loads because these photos look very very good indeed so well done Joe um, and then finally uh, yeah Joe's done this great it's a magazine cover and I tell you what thank you for doing that because it meant quite a lot to me actually that somebody spent the time and it's a, it's a magazine cover and it says SCL the magazine subject composition in light and uh, it's really nice um, I hope you don't mind but I've actually downloaded it and kept it because um, yeah it really good it's, it's, a, it's a great beautiful picture of the, the, the woman the young woman and he's put um, various titles on it like Nikon versus Canon who has the edge is film dead more alive than you might think and uh, Rob Nunn the anatomy of a photographer's podcast so thank you very much indeed I'm so pleased that well other people like listening to the podcast because <laughs> you know I'm just this um, uh, amateur photographer who I just enjoy doing the podcast and sharing stuff with people and learning from all you guys and girls as well uh, all the work you put in and all this wonderful work you put in with things like the uh, the Flickr photo group and these assignments that we do uh, every couple of months so thank you very much um, really touched me really touched me so that's it for the September October assignment what are we going to be doing for November and December well I thought we're all going to be incredibly busy, aren't we, in the run-up to Christmas? So I thought, let's choose something that doesn't necessarily mean we need to go out and take some more photographs, but we can do when we're at home, you know, in the dark and the wet and the cold. And I thought, you know, it's time to start looking through the photographs we've taken this year. Take stock and share some of what you think are your best. So I guess that's the title. Show is your best. Have a look at the photographs you've taken stick them in a, a new thread that I'll put on the Flickr photo group maybe a short description of why you think it's your best or, or why the photograph means so much to you but the whole point really is just to get us to encourage us to go back see what we've done learn from what we've done maybe be inspired by what we've done and to start thinking about you know a new year's coming up isn't it time for new projects new targets new things we want to want, want to do and I think you know those photos you took back in January, February, March. We've got plenty of time since then, and time is a great thing for giving us perspective about the quality of our work. And often you might find that some of the photographs you didn't like back then, you now do. Some of the ones you do, you don't. And uh, this just gives us the space to look at that. I mean, if you go over to um, RobNonPhoto.com, and again, I'll put a uh, a link in the notes for show two hundred eight. I did a simple uh, instruction guide on how to create a PDF an electronic portfolio that you can create for free using Google Docs um, so that if you wanted to you could even create a small portfolio electronic portfolio of your best shots for 2012 now I'm not saying do that you know just post a couple of um, well however many you want photos of what you think is your best work it could be if your best work is still to come in November and December so keep posting 
into there but that's the main thrust of the uh, of the assignment show as your best go through have a look at the photographs you've taken this year and post them in the Flickr group okay that's it um, thanks to Everyday Jones for the intro and outro music you can find their stuff for free download at everydayjones.com thanks to everybody for taking part in the Flickr group posting their photos in the group um, pool remember it's free if you haven't done already come over and join uh, taking part in the assignment um, thanks everybody for putting comments on um, the rubnumphoto.com website thanks everybody for going over to iTunes and other um, podcast aggregators and giving us stars or giving us comments really appreciate that helps a lot but most of all thanks to you for downloading and listening to the podcast my name's Rob from rubnumphoto.com and hopefully pretty soon I'll see you on Flickr.